Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Hour number three of our show. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. We are talking sports, taking your phone calls, and again, a little bit of a theme show today. Kind of uh, happened out of nowhere. Again, I was watching this show on MLB Network, and Don Drysdale popped up there, and I thought about a time when I got Don Drysdale's autograph, and I thought, let's hear stories of people getting autographs. So that's what we're doing. From Twitter, J-Rad sent me the picture of him and Shanahan. Yeah, he was pissed. J-Rad, not happy. Dino says, Bill, what I took from your stories is that you had a mom that took you to all those places. That's pretty cool. That's worth more than the autograph. Well, you're right, Dino. No question. My mom was really good. She would, We would get up and leave on a Sunday. I didn't go to many games a year. But we would leave on a Sunday morning like at 5 a.m. from Waycross and drive four hours and get to the visiting team hotel we would find out where the visiting team was staying we would go to the visiting team hotel and as the team was checking out i would get their autograph as many as i could i don't know how that started i think the first time we did it was with the dodgers as a matter of fact like in 1980 we did it with the giants and the padres and it was cool it was great it's fun and i've got so many great stories of of that experience so you're right there's no question about it all right matt was telling us the story and then we had to to go to break matt start that second story over again if you will for us well like i was saying bill i grew up around the corner from grayson stadium and my daddy used to take us over there on sundays after church and watch the game so we saw a lot of good players as they were coming up sure One of them in particular this guy i was probably about 14 years old or so and walking down the third baseline and this gigantic man comes up and i kind of recognized him i had one of his cards in my hand asked him to sign it didn't know who that was at the time but he ended up becoming Derek jeter and that was a pretty cool thing wow because he was he was really polite uh and i don't know it, just, it was a very cool thing but the coolest one i got was from a no-name guy who hit a three-run homer to the left field uh seats scuffed off those old concrete bleachers and my daddy went and got me baseball found out who it was uh and i traded a kevin moss rookie card to the dude who caught the ball. <laughs> and then my daddy hung out with me after the game until Cliff Brandon came out of the out of the clubhouse and he autographed the baseball for me. Oh, and wow. that was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. Absolutely. That's great. Whatever happened to Kevin Moss, left handed hitter who didn't oh, do very he, much the Yankees, did he? No, he had those twenty one home runs his rookie year. He was smoking the ball just yep. kind of like David Justice and that card was worth five bucks at the time and I kinda of had regret for about ten minutes. And then, well, I still got the baseball. <laughs> I bet you do. That's awesome. That is great. That's some great stories there. Matt, thank you for sharing that. We appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you in Savannah, and we hope you'll call back, okay? Talk Brace Baseball with us next time. Sounds great, Bill. Thanks. All right. Thank you. 478-646-ESPN. Casey in Gordon is next. Hello, Casey. Hey, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem. I have three quick stories. The first okay. one was the nicest person I've probably ever met as a pro was Jeff Francoeur. In his second year in the Braves system, we went to an away spring, spring training game. Uh-huh. And he probably talked to us for 30 minutes while they were taking batting practice, just hanging out with a group of about five people just talking to us. 
No, Jeff Francoeur talking a lot. Give me a, let me sit down here for a minute. <laughs> he was wonderful. The He's one, great. He, I'm not surprised by that at all. With, uh, was, uh, Natalie Golbus. I got to meet her at the Chick-fil-A, uh, tournament they used to have in Stockbridge. Okay. And, uh, she, she was, she was very nice and she was, uh, she was a lot friendlier than I expected her to be. She was, uh, she, she was a, it, it was a pleasure to meet her as well. And then uh, the one that was most frustrating is we went to the uh, Falcons practice that they used to have at the dome during uh, during the early, during the preseason time. Yeah, and uh, we got in line for the autograph session and ended up being there with uh, in the line where Tony Gonzalez was going to be. Got to we were one person away, and they stopped and removed him and replaced him with Tony Bergeron. <laughs> Wow, not so good. A, that, not a good trade-off, huh? Memory there that we were one step away from a Hall of Famer and ended up getting somebody cut the next week. <laughs> not good. That would have been great to get Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Tony Bergeron, not the same kind of guy. Oh wow, yeah, I know those those autograph cutoffs can can be a can be a mess sometimes for sure. Casey, thank you for sharing those. We appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you too. Let's go to David in Macon next. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, Bill. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for calling us. Great, great. I got a couple, two stories I'd like to share. Okay. I was uh, I was at a local Mexican restaurant here in Macon one night about eight or nine years ago, and this old grizzly gentleman walked up to my table, and he, he said, David, I noticed, he didn't call my name, he said, I noticed you got a Georgia Bulldog hat on. And he introduced himself. His name he was Gigi Smaha, <laughs> uh, and uh, he says, "I got I want, I'm going to the G Day game this Saturday." It was like Monday or Tuesday night, and I, said, I got ex, I got plenty of tickets. I did, but I ain't got nobody to drive. He wanted to know if you'd like to go. He just invited me out of the blue, and so I accepted the invitation. I didn't know who he was at all at the time but uh i mean it's, i'm a georgia fan and it's a g-day game so i i was all on board for that and when we got there they had some kind of like georgia bulldog legends luncheon before the game and so he got me into that of course he went off and was talking to all his old friends and stuff and i was kind of left to my own devices uh and i was a little bit shy and overwhelmed to be honest but i sat down and was eating my lunch and uh, Vince Dooley walked by, and he saw me sitting there by myself, and he sat down, and, man, we talked for 40 or 45 minutes and had lunch together, and he gave me his autograph. And, you know, when I grew up, I believe, like old Lewis Grizzard said, when you, if you're good in life, when you die, you go to Vince Dooley's house. <laughs> and, and, and this was just like the this was just like the ultimate for me, I mean, to sit there and have lunch one-on-one with wow. Vince Dooley. It, and it, he was just so gracious, and, and it was a, an experience. I I still got that autograph, and I, you know I'll, I'll cherish it forever. That's awesome. Um, yeah. The other story, you, I know you ain't much of a, a Mark Rick fan, but I, but I, I still believe he's a damn good dog. And but I was on a mission trip in mm-hmm. Guamaca, Honduras, one year, mm-hmm. and we had been there for a week, and we were flying out of Honduras back to the state and we were at the airport and uh I, I turned around and looked and standing directly behind me in line was mark rick and his wife Catherine. Mm. and you know that's a, i just thought that was i mean to, to live 
you know, in the same state a man does, but to meet him in Honduras, <laughs> what what are the odds of that? But uh, but I had a Georgia hat on that day as well because I mean I'm a Georgia fan. I always got a Georgia hat on. Sure. But uh, but he he spoke to me and uh, he was very gracious. But I will say he, you know, he lost interest in the conversation quicker than I did, uh, and so he kind of you know, turned away to talk to Catherine and, and Catherine uh kinda noticed that that maybe I wasn't quiet through talking and she nudged him and pointed turned him around and like you this man wants to talk, you keep talking to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so but uh but Catherine was, was, was very gracious, even more gracious than Mark. But uh but but I got his autograph while I was in Honduras. And uh so, you know, but those are two experiences That's that, great. That, well, I know. Look, Mark's a great man. I just no longer wanted him to be the football coach at Georgia after a while. So, I, I think I was right on that. I think I think they improved a little bit, don't you? Well, there's there's no doubt about that. I'll say this: when 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 Mark Rick left Georgia, I was opposed to him leaving because you know I had. Well, you probably hated me for a while, then, didn't you? Well, <laughs> I, I mean. I still kind of got a little grudge against you, cause <laughs> <laughs> but nothing. But, you know, I just look. I, I, I suffered through Ray Goof, and I suffered through <laughs> Donaldson, and and you know, and as a Georgia fan, when when Mark Rick left, the odds of us getting Kirby Smart was a whole lot smaller than the odds of us getting another Ray Golf. And so, you know, being being through all that, I, I was worried about losing Mark. Now, obviously. I think we got the greatest coach in college football now. So, yeah. you know, obviously it was an upgrade, and I, and I was definitely wrong. But, you know, how many coaches out there are Kirby Smart's quality? One, no, two. well, they, they, were, they were extremely fortunate, but I think part of the reason why I was so frustrated with Mark is I thought that there could be a different personality and a, and a stronger presence that could get the things that I know Mark wanted that he just couldn't get for whatever reason, and that Kirby and someone with that type of presence could demand, and that if they did demand those type things, Georgia had as better of a chance of any of these schools around the state of Georgia that had won championships in the last 20 years to do the same thing. And I truly believe that. I I truly believe that it was – how many times did I say it, David? Good, but not great. And we've, we've got greatness now. That's the most important thing. And I think you and I both are relishing in every moment of it. And, and uh, hey, I'm, I, hope, I hope you don't hold it against me and we'll call back and talk sports with me, okay? Absolutely, Bill. Love your show. Thank you very much. We appreciate your call. 478-646-ESPN. Let's go to Brent in Savannah next. Hello, Brent. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. So I have a it's a it's an autograph slash story about Reggie Jackson. Uh oh. Um, this it's a, it's a good one. Okay. Good one. So this was either <laughs> the late seventies or the early eighties. My mother was a flight attendant. Okay. And she had Reggie Jackson on the flight, and then she was telling Reggie that I was a huge fan of of him during the time, and um, asked if he would actually give me a call at the house. So I was. <laughs> This was a couple days later, and I didn't catch the call, but he left a message on their answering machine saying, hey, I hear you're my biggest fan. I got a surprise for you. Call me back at this time, this day. Have your parents call me. And my dad called him up, and Reggie Jackson sent tickets to a game, and it was uh, when he was with the New York Yankees, I believe. So, mm-hmm. I, again, I was a child, so we flew up there, went to the game, and then the next day we all met together again 
and had lunch. Wow. <laughs> so, Did you really? Yes. Yeah, so that was, wow. like I said, it's a good story. And then how that happened, I have no idea. But uh, the nicest guy, he came up to us after the ball game and everything, and he get, got us tickets. And, you know, I, I just I couldn't brag more about that. Well, and, and let me tell you now, I'm I'm shocked by that because, and I don't think you'll be surprised by what I'm about to say here, there are a lot of stories, not necessarily autograph stories, but there are a lot of stories about Reggie that aren't too great. I mean, obviously we know the ego and everything in New York, and if you know any history about his time there with the Yankees, it was a, you know, it was a tumultuous time. And, you know, I've, I've heard some people that have had interactions with him, and it's not always been positive. But that is a great story, and I'm glad to hear that. And again, like I said earlier in the in the program about Chipper, we cannot expect any of these people to be perfect and gracious and 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 kind with their time and kind and you know all the time. It's just not possible. But you know that there are more good stories than bad for for. Anybody, and that's a great story right there, Brent. I'm I'm glad to hear that. That that gives me a little faith in old Reggie, old number forty four yeah. there. <laughs> there. There you go. Absolutely. I guess just the bad stories get out the most. If you know what well, I they mean. do. And you know what? I mean, look. There's no question, Reggie. Uh, you know, Reggie has an attitude. Reggie has an ego. Reg, Re, you know, the first time I ever saw Reggie Jackson was in the ninety six World Series with the Braves and we um, myself and a lot of other reporters were around the batting cage when the Yankees were taking BP and I was actually behind Pete Van Weeren, the old Braves announcer and we were listening to uh, Joe Torre and all of a sudden Reggie Jackson starts backing us away from the batting practice and we were like who the hell are you to tell us to get away from where we are listening to Joe Torre talk about the World Series game, you know, and, uh, you know, so anyway, um, because, you know, he thought he could do it because he was Reggie Jackson, let's be honest. And so I'm glad to hear you. I like your story better than my story about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Great show. I appreciate everything you do. Well, we appreciate that. We hope you'll call it back, okay? Absolutely. All right. We're talking about great autograph stories. Forget about the bad stories. I mean, again, Everybody can't be perfect, right? Sometimes you're going to run into a celebrity. You know, I, I told you earlier about Hank Aaron. I saw Hank Aaron probably, I, I well, okay, well, I think my, my Hank Aaron story was like when I was seven or eight. So that would have been 1977, 1978. 1982, Hank Aaron came to a Bogin for Governor event in Waycross at the Waycross Fairgrounds. And, again, you can't get his autograph. They practically announced it. I mean, 1982 was the year Hank Aaron went into the Hall of Fame. So, again, hot name, still, you know, relevant, still still kind of not act. Well, he was active in that he was the Braves farm director. But, I mean, it, he was, it was fresh off of his career. And so, okay, I'm not going to get his autograph. But I waved at him. And actually, he was on stage, and so my mom was out in the crowd, and I wanted she wanted to get a picture of me with Hank Aaron behind me, and she clicked a picture, and then the next picture, he realized what she was doing and kind of leaned forward to be in the picture and smiled. 
Okay, so that kind of negated the situation a couple of years earlier, right? And and so I have memories of both of them, obviously, because when you have a when you're a kid, you remember those kind of things that may not be good. You may remember someone turning you down for an autograph or something like that. But still, when he leaned forward and got his picture in my picture, that was pretty cool. So, again, we can't expect these people to be perfect, and, and I try to remember that. But um, we're just telling autograph stories. We'd love to hear yours. 478-646-ESPN. Terry is next in Warner Robins. Hello, Terry. Hey, Bill. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. How are you? Oh, doing great. I got two quick stories for you. One okay. Of them, uh, when I was a kid, my dad was a director of the K Center there in Fort Valley, and Chief Nakahoma came uh, to to see all the kids over there, and uh, so I got the I got the go pick you up or go go see him, and then we got driving his car in his Braves car had a baseball as a gear knob, and he gave me all kind of Braves mem- memorabilia and all that kind of stuff. I was on cloud nine oh, wow. for a long time after that. You know, oh, I, I, I bet. He's in Oklahoma. I bet. And yeah. you know what, Terry, I don't think people realize, unless you were there or around him or saw him, how big of a deal he was back when he was the Braves mascot. I mean, um, uh, the, the, the Rick Camp home run video popped up on my phone night before last and they're in the in in at the home plate area to greet Rick Camp when he hit that home run off of Bobby Ojeda at four in the morning on July the well fifth at that point, nineteen eighty five, was Chief Nakahoma greeting him at home play. And we had some Miana full Indian regalia meeting a guy at home plate or it, it he was he was great. That's a that's a great story. He was a great man, too. I mean, he, he yep. took up time with every one of the kids there that day and everything. I mean, he just he gave a lot of his time. He was just a great uh, representation of the Braves organization. He was. I, I hope, you know, God bless him. He just died not too long ago. I hope the Braves organization now understands how many people in the state of Georgia have, have a story about Chief Nakahoma like yours because I think a lot of us do, don't you? Oh, I do too. I do too. And the uh, the second story I had is I've been a, t- a season ticket holder now for about six years with Braves, and my daughter is eleven, and we've met you a couple times up there at Murph's. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're we, you're uh, the you're the one that you you tweeted me about Ken's earlier today, didn't you? Absolutely. Ken's yeah. Buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, I met you. Yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so. My daughter and I were up there the year after the World Series, and with being a season ticket holder, we had got the World Series book that the Braves had sent out to all the ticket holders, season right. ticket holders. And we were sitting in our section, and the security guard that's always in the dugout there, he happened to be talking to our usher before the game started. And so she went over there and asked him, she says, would you mind having Brian Snicker sign my uh, World Championship book? And he says, I'll do one better. He said, come on with me. He took her down to onto the field. Right there while they were having batting practice, had Brian Snicker sign her book, took a picture with her, and then she got uh, Eddie Rosario and Austin Riley. Oh, wow. That's great. I'll tell you something, Bill. You don't have any bigger supporter than my little 11-year-old. She loves Bill Shanks show. <laughs> well, hey, I hope to see y'all at Merce again this year now. I hope you'll come on a Friday. We can't wait to get there on Friday home game, so I want to see you there, okay? All right, Bill. All right. Thank you, Terry. We'll talk to you soon. 
right. All right. 478-646-ESPN. Great stories here. We appreciate it so much. Just great, great stories of uh, people getting autographs. We'd love to hear your story. Got a couple of segments left. 478-646-ESPN. Be patient with us. We'll get to you. We'll take a break and be back with more right after this. From 1978, 52nd Street, My Life peaked at number three in the Hot 100, number 28 for the year in 1979 as well. It's a great song, another great song from Billy Joel who we're focusing on. Next week, it's the Eagles. How have we not done the Eagles yet, Chris? That blows me away. It blows me away as well, uh, but I know J-Rad is just itching with excitement over Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't J-Rad the loser that said he couldn't stand the Eagles? Yeah, but so he'll he'll really be, um, he'll really be. Well, he'll be going through his his, uh, Christian Pache rookie cards next (laughs) week. Uh, This from The Athletic. Georgia State, of course, has to try to replace Sean Elliott, who left to go be the tight ends coach at South Carolina, according to Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. Two names have popped up as potential candidates at Georgia State. Georgia running backs coach Del McGee and Georgia Tech's offensive coordinator Buster Faulkner. Ooh, very interesting, and that could impact both of those schools dramatically if either one were to go to take that head coaching job. And no question, Del McGee and Buster Faulkner both deserve to be considered for a head coaching position. And we'll have to keep an eye on that for certain. Wade in Jacksonville is next. Hey, Wade. First of all, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. The only thing I have is what you gave me that ticket. I got to see um, Glavin against uh, Smoltz. Oh, and, um, did we give you that ticket to go see that? Yeah, remember I I've had to pick up at the office. Okay. At your station, and yeah. um, I went to that game and I saw a two to one win. Diaz hit a home run, and and um, the closer was really shaky at the end, but he got the save. It was two to one. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. I got most autograph years before that when I went there. How do you do the can thing? You know, give up can of food. Yeah. So I did that. But that's the only two things I really I – I was upset about this stupid ad in the uh, Sports Illustrated about the Falcons. They're going to try to say Atlanta's going to trade B. John Robinson. They do that. They're stupid. No. You mean it, for trade, the number one pick? Yeah. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Go, you know, if I trade anybody, it'd be Cal Pitts. That's yeah. my opinion. Because I think he I think he did tell the truth about his knee – you know, when uh, the season last year. Well, I think really he was more help. hurt than we thought. I think you're right about that, Wade. But, I, I, I look, um, and we mentioned earlier about the article on ESPN, all these websites are going to have these 
articles about, okay, if the Bears trade the number one pick, if the Bears trade uh, Justin Fields, what are teams going to do? And obviously the Falcons are going to be involved in this. But, you know, and the, 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 the price they had in the ESPN article, Wade, to move from eight to one to get Caleb Williams was this year's number eight and then the first and second in the next two years. No, thank you, sir. Ain't no way. And Caleb Williams is not as good as everybody thinks either. I would get Jaden Daniels if yeah. I had to get that pick. Yeah. Uh, here's a, about the Hawks. I think Trey Young got to go. I really, I think he's he's a he's cancer. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I don't think he's a cancer. I think he doesn't play defense, but who does the NBA these days? And I think the other thing is, I mean, this, this second part of this season. They're, they're going to have to figure out who they are and what they want to be. And ownership issues aside, they got to figure some of those things out. And we'll see. I mean, those people are going to have to – those players are going to have to, to, to play hard, and they're going to they're gonna be in on the audition, to be honest with you. Hey, Wade, thank you. we got to run. Okay, have a great day, guys. All right, Bye-bye. you too. Take care. Shane in Macon is next. Hey, Shane. Hey, Bill. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for your call. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hey, yeah, so quick, uh, quick thing about Chipper Jones. I met him in – 95 it was i guess after his injury before the strike was over and uh he was pretty nice i mean yeah. anyway i heard a couple guys talk about him not being so nice he, he was sure. nice he stopped bp and talked to me you know that's he good was a bear tech so but anyway so autograph story <clears throat> so my grandmother was the kitchen and restaurant manager at an old full service holiday inn in phoenix city alabama in the early 80s and florida state played auburn and they stayed there and she got me an autographed pennant from Bobby Bowden. Oh, cool. What an awesome thing. Oh, that's great. Well, unfortunately, I have no idea where it is. Oh, you're kidding. I, yeah, I had just become a college football fan. I was 11 years old. Uh, uh, I just started watching and paying attention. And uh, I, I didn't, I mean, Florida State wasn't that great back then. So I had no idea who they were, and I didn't really yeah. know what it was, you know. Oh, uh, that would be pretty cool. Maybe you'll be lucky enough to find it someday, like I found my. Frank Robinson autograph because that I thought it was gone forever, Shane, and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And I, I mean, I just like I said, I almost cried. It was like I just thought it was gone, and boom, I found it, and it was like, wow, that really means something. Now I got it in a frame, so I can't lose it again. Exactly, it's in a box somewhere because it was oh, yeah. off my closet growing up. So yeah, anyway, but that, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And I absolutely, no that was. So. That's great. That's great. Hey, thank you for sharing that. We appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day. All right, you too. Chris and making his next. Hey, Chris. Hey, Bill. This is Chris. Don't hold it against me. This is Skill's friend. Oh, God. You got to be kidding. <laughs> no. Hey, I got a couple <laughs> quick stories for you. Okay. One, my son, Austin, who passed away 10 years ago. This right. Month, actually, was hard to believe it's been 10 years, Chris. It is hard to believe. It's, it's kind of shocking. I'll try to make it through here without tearing up telling this story. But he had a make a wish when he was about 15. And uh, being a Braves fan, I said, Austin, what do you want to do, meet the Braves? He said, you know, the Braves are great, but I really want to go to Yankee Stadium. And I said, well, that makes sense. And so they grant the wish, and we all head up to Yankee Stadium. And part of the deal was you get to kind of have a private tour. And while we were there, the the Yankees employee comes out and says, okay, we're about to have the tour. And get on the elevators here. Well, the elevator door is open. Ding! And out pops Reggie Jackson. Uh, wow, really? And I'm like, Austin's looking at him like, oh, my gosh, Dad, that's Reggie Jackson. <laughs> so, so Austin knew who he was then, huh? 
So the, the doors closed. He said, I hope I'm on the wrong floor. And he said, it opens about a minute later. He comes back down. We, it opens. There's Reggie again. And he says, you would think I would know where I'm going around here, wouldn't you? He said, y'all want to hop on the ride with me? Of course, we jump on. And he says, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Reggie. Austin looks at him and says, I know Mr. Jackson. I know who you are. <laughs> and so we ride, and he tells us, asks us why we were there. He was super nice, Bill. I mean, super nice. That's awesome. Nice. Good. That's good. And um, and just said, make yourselves at home. This guy give you a tour, and what else can I do for you? And Austin told him why he was there and just wished him the best. And Austin got to sit in the dugout in batting practice. Oh, wow. And all the Yankees came by from Jeter to A-Rod to Joe Torrey and signed a ball and a jersey form that I have for That's him. That's great. with my life. That's it was awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah. And my second quick story is that I was on a board of directors for um, a trade organization. I was out for a, a trade show, and mm-hmm. Tony Dungy was the speaker that night. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got to go to the green room, and I said, hey, guys, y'all want to go meet Tony, Tony Dungy? They had just won the Super Bowl, I think. And, um, and, and so he said, yeah. So we're back in the green room, and Tony comes out and meets and great, super nice. And he said, hey, I'm about to go do this speech. I, I need... Uh, I need you to do me a favor, Austin. He said, what's that, Mr. Dungeon? He said, oh, Coach. I think he called him Coach. He said, mm-hmm. what's that, Coach? He said, I need you to hold this ring. And he pulled off a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. <laughs> Did he, he really? Said, Austin, I need you to hold this while I'm speaking. <laughs> do you think you can do that for me? He said, yeah, yeah, sir. He's kind of nervous. <laughs> and he said, I just need one big favor. He said, what's that? He said, don't lose it, okay? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, it was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, and Austin liked the Bill Shank show unless I got on Mark Rigg, didn't he? Uh, he did. Of course, Mark <laughs> did some things like that. I could tell you a story. Austin was really not doing well, and um, he came to hear Mark at the uh, Making Touchdown Club. Right. I remember that night. Hospital. Yeah, he was in the hospital. And yeah. the ambulance came and picked him up, and Mark and his wife came into the back of the ambulance to sit wow. with us and talk with us. and. And said some really nice things that, of course, at the time I, I was when Georgia won the national championship, I cried like a baby, thinking, "My gosh, I wish Austin was here to see oh, that." Oh yeah, he would have loved it. He oh, would have. He he would no question about. It. I tell you, Chris, uh, two quick stories about the Yankees. I'll tell you. First of all, I had had a buddy of mine in Waycross, and his dad was he was in sports, and I can't remember exactly what he did, but. All of a sudden, he we were talking about stuff that we had collected, and I was probably about 10 or 11. So we're talking about 1980. And you remember the Yankees had won the World Series in 77 and 78, which was about the first time I watched the World Series as a 8-year-old. In 78, I was 8 years old. And so, you know, on those teams, it was Reggie, it was Chris Chambliss, Willie Randolph, Bucky Dent, Greg Nettles, Ron Guidry. And so my buddy tells me, he said, yeah, um, my dad got me some autographs at spring training, and he brings over, I can't remember if it was a ball, I think it was a ball. And, Chris, every, about every member, including Billy Martin, of that, you know, 78, 79 Yankees team had signed that ball. And you want to talk about me being probably in shock seeing the actual autographs, and I, I think it was a ball. And and I, I've just, I've been like, in all of this baseball with because you know you remember how Lupinella and all those names from the late 70s Yankees when they were just unbelievably good 
and I, I was just shocked about that. And and then the second story, real quick, Chris, is you mentioned about the the uh, elevator there at Yankee Stadium. So in the old Yankee Stadium, I met the World Series in '96, and I'm just kind of it was Game Six, Braves lost, unfortunately, of course, after blowing it in Game Three or Four, rather, with Mark Wellers and and uh, Jim Lairit. So I'm at Yankee Stadium, first time I'm ever in New York. And so I'm I'm just really farting around the stadium. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Yankee Stadium. I'm walking everywhere. I'm like, you know, just, just kind of meandering around. And all of a sudden I get on the elevator. And the elevator pops open. Remind, reminded me when you said that about Reggie. The elevator popped open, and here comes George Steinbrenner in the elevator. And Chris, he had one of those turtlenecks on that people used to make fun of him for wearing. And so he gets on the elevator. He starts picking up dust off the carpet. If you didn't think this guy was anal about stuff like his reputation, he starts picking up dust off the carpet. And, of course, I was petrified. I'm like, he's going to wonder what the heck I'm on this elevator for. And he quickly got up. But it was almost like God had walked in that elevator when he's walking around Yankee Stadium. But and that place was something, too. But anyway, Chris, hey, love you, man. Great to talk to you. Thanks for sharing those stories with me. I appreciate it. And Skip sucks. Thanks. All right. Take care. Let's go next to uh, – yeah, I can say that about Skip Seda because he and Chris were fraternity brothers. Dave in Warner Robins is next. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine, Bill. i, I got to follow that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, enjoy your show. Um, Thank you. I've for a while and, and first time on the um, a quick story. One autograph story and won my first race game as a five-year-old boy. Um, my parents chaperoned a uh, youth trip our church, and of course, they had to, had to tag along, right? And um, of course, we were playing a team that we all love to hate the Dodgers. Um, oh Lord, of course, and of course, right? And the kids <laughs> were not winning, um, and not a whole lot to hear about tonight. But I don't even remember really any. I don't, you know, that age. But I remember that there was Check out the doctor here, so we just. Hey, Dave, we're 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 not able to hear you perfectly clear. Can you improve your signal, anybody, any chance, so we can hear the the story perfectly? How's that? Is okay, that that's a little bit better. Yeah, there. Go ahead. Okay. Right, so as soon as we start cheering and going nuts for our guys striking out the doctor's batter, we all immediately started to boo. Including my dad, I've never seen my dad laugh before. You know, he's a sports fan, but not quite that enthusiastic. And I turn and I look real quick down the field, and when you know, Fat Boy's walking out of the out of the um, dugout to go rub bellies with and agree with the strikeout call. Um, you know, our favorite popular sort. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! Oh <laughs> and, Lord! Uh, as soon as I saw him, Bill, even not five years old, and so we all booed. <laughs> we all booed him, and and you know, of course, the strikeout kept. Again, like I said, the lost the game, but that's just a memory that I had from my very first My autograph story was a few years later, um, a big baseball player was coming to sign autographs for some kind of promotional event. One of the department stores in the mall. Mm-hmm. And um, just to kind of give you an idea, um, my parents are from Miami, Oklahoma, Northeast Oklahoma, so you kind of see where this is going. Um, that famous ball player was Mickey Um oh, wow. And we waited in line, and um, a friend of ours who was with us to 
a legit sporting goods store, not like Foot Locker or Hibbets or anything. A legit sporting goods store, I don't remember the name, but boxing balls, you know, waited in line. For me, it's like forever. Sure. Um, we waited in line and, and got up there, and he saw my ball. Dad talked for a little bit about, you know, Northeast Oklahoma in that area. Um, and then uh, he grabbed me, picked me up, and put me on his knee and took a picture. Wow. With the, uh, the guys that were taking a the picture there. And yeah. he ended up on the, on the front page of the sports section of the school and newsroom. Wow. Um, I still have the ball. Um, I've got the picture that my mom took as he's leaning down, you know, getting personal pictures. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of my mom's trying to call the newsroom and everything, they don't. They don't know where that picture is. They don't oh. know that. Oh, right? Dave, you've um, got to find that picture now. I know. She's, she's got it. And she's looked at everything. So, um, oh. you know, that's, that's one of those things. But I do have a picture of me and him. Um, and I'll oh, probably yeah. post it on, on Twitter, on your Twitter. So, you know, you, other fans can please do, if you ever find I tell you, Dave, one time I was in Jacksonville, and I was at a mall down there, and it was a baseball card show and i didn't know i was just down there with my girlfriend at the time and we were just walking around the mall and all of a sudden i looked up and there was a baseball card show and then i looked over like to the side and there's mickey mantle and mickey mantle's been dead since 1995 29 years so i know it's hard for a lot of people to understand this but mickey mantle was was godlike okay i'm not being sacrilegious but i mean as far as baseball players are concerned not many names bigger than mickey mantle and and I, I, I just kind of stared at him. When I realized who it was, I, I, I didn't have anything to get an autograph on. I hadn't planned to be there for a card show, had no clue about it. And all of a sudden, it's like Mickey Mantle's there. And my girlfriend at the time had to pull me away. And she's like, are you okay? And I said, it's Mickey Mantle. You know, and, and there's only a few probably people, Ted Williams and others of that time period that you would look at and have that oh my god it's you know mickey mantle and it was it was something but hey dave thank you for sharing your story we appreciate it we hope you'll call again okay thank you very much 478-646 espn all right we've got one more segment we got one on hold and we'd love to hear from you we're telling autograph stories your favorite autograph story back right after this christy brinkley line one From 1984. Good Lord. 40 years? There's no way. Peaked at number three on the Hot 100 for five consecutive weeks. Also reached number one in the UK for five weeks. It was number 39 for the year in 1984. And yes, Christy Brinkley, Billy Joel's future wife, was in the music video on Night Tracks on WTBS Friday at 11 o'clock after the Braves game. Billy Joel, a good one. Good stuff, Chris. Good job. Back to the phones. We're telling autograph stories. Annika in Athens. How are you? Hey, sir. Uh-oh, we got another bad signal. Can you lean out the window? And, okay, and, hold on. Okay. I'm going to see if 
I just pulled up to the house. I'll see if I walk a little that's, bit closer That's to the good. House. We got you now. We got you. Okay. Okay. Well, I wanted to tell you about what was probably the best day of my whole life. Okay. I, that, I was at the Braves Stadium. Um, it was Truist. I don't think we were at the old one. I think we were at Truist. And I don't know what it is about baseball stars and elevators, but <laughs> Jeff Rancor was in the elevator, and I was freaking out already. I was like, oh, this is the greatest. He <laughs> took a picture with us. He was, like, so, so nice. And then we get to our seats, and we're a little – we're, like, a couple, I guess, rows up from the Braves dugout. And Freddie Freeman walks out. You know, he's getting ready. He's about to go bat. And I – I just yell at him because we're close enough. I'm like, Freddie, I love you. And he turns and looks at me and nods his helmet at me and smiles. And I just thought I was going to pass away because it has just been the best day ever. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so, sometimes those players, you know, they get yelled at all the time. Again, it's like you – sometimes I try to think, uh, put yourself in their shoes. And, you know, they get yelled at all the time and – so many people would love their autograph or a picture, especially now a selfie, right? But good grief. Um, they have a lot to put up with, but sometimes it's not a bad thing to get adoration like that, right? It was the most special. And I just, like, his smile, like, knowing he was smiling at me, like, I was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm just going to die now. You'll never forget that, Annika. You'll never forget it. No, and we got a we got a picture with Jeff. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll tag you so okay. everybody can see. But yeah. it really was just amazing, and I feel like all these stories that I'm hearing just make me so happy. And I was crying at your fraternity brother stories, and I just love to hear all these people talk about moments that they'll never forget. So yeah. thanks for letting us all call in and talk about it. Absolutely. No, I'm I'm glad I thought about it. We I th we've done this before, I think, but sometimes it's good to have these kind of stories because people do love to share them and and I I love to uh I love to hear them as well. But thanks for calling it up and give us yours. We appreciate it, okay? Of course. Always good to talk to you, Bill. Go ahead. All right. Thank you. Let's go to Greg and Savannah. Hello, Greg. Hey, Bill. How's it going today? Going great. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Here. Awesome. But, uh, November 3rd of 2016, I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Bill Murray the morning after the Cubs won the World Series in Charlotte <laughs> or uh, in Charleston. Really? Yes, sir. It was uh, it, it was a great uh, little meet-up, just uh, opportunistic, flying into the FBO on a mission with the Air Force, and my crew and I were uh, refueling the plane and Pilot walks back out and says, uh, hey, Bill Murray's inside, and uh, <laughs> and uh, he had just landed um, coming back from Chicago that morning, and uh, it was it was a real neat experience. Took pictures with all of us, and uh, it was a real gracious guy. Because um, you know, I've heard uh, now, I've heard some stories that he could be a little salty, too, but he was good with you? He he can be. I've heard those same stories, but... Uh, yeah, we were we were all in uniform, and it was a great morning. And I think he was on cloud nine as well. And uh, he was super good to us. And uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out. It was a, it was a good time. And then uh, also heard y'all talking about Murph a while ago. And my wife and I just a couple of years ago got to meet Dale uh, shortly after the grand opening there, uh, prior to one of the Braves games. So uh, it's been a uh, uh, that was a real treat as well. You know, and I hate Murphy never lives up to his reputation because he's a real schmuck, isn't he? <laughs> he's a great guy. I, I enjoy him. As a matter of fact, the 
the talent know we have in Atlanta, uh, most of those guys um, kind of fall into that mold. And uh, it's, you know, really proud of, of what our state's producing here lately. Well, i tell you what, uh, Dale Murphy is, in, and I I was telling this to somebody the other day, I, I can actually call Dale Murphy a friend of mine if you'd have told 13-year-old Bill Shanks in 1983 that one day he was going to be <clears throat> friends with Dale Murphy, he would have peed in his pants. But I tell you, Greg, um, Dale Murphy is as legit as they come, and he is, is – uh, been so embraced by Brace fans, especially the last few years as he's moved back uh, part of the year to the state of Georgia. And, and I think he's loved uh, hearing from so many fans over the years of, of how they uh, loved him in that era of Brace baseball. But he's he's great. He's the real deal now. He's a great man. Yes, sir. Sure is. And uh, thanks for what you're doing, spreading the word up there. We, uh, we appreciate the show. And uh, go Eagles. Go Bulldogs, and uh, go Braves. Hey, I appreciate it, Greg. Call back again, okay, sometime. We'd love to talk sports with you. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right. Uh, great stories here. I, I tell you, um, it was a slow day today. Not that that's been a problem in the past, but I, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm patting myself on the back shoulder here. I'm glad I saw Don Drysdale on that dumb Dodger show, right, on MLB Network. It gave me the idea. Uh, of I love to hear stories from folks. I love it. And, you know, we're, we're going to do a baseball card uh, uh, show at some point where you can tell us your baseball card story. Because a lot of people out there have baseball cards. And a special card or a card that you may have gotten or may have bought or something like that. We'd love to do that. I'd love to tell stories like this, though, because people like to hear them. Just like Annika said, hearing these stories is great. People enjoy that. And, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I, I'm very appreciative of, of everyone who called and, and all you who are listening as well. Because it's, uh, you know, autographs. And, again, I, 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 I tell you now, uh, celebrities uh, – we're not going to find anybody who's going to be batting a thousand when it comes to dealing with the public. It's tough. It, it's not easy. And I, and I know you may say, well, they're rich and this, that, and the other. Uh, but I, I tell you, when I was behind Brian Snicker that day at, at Sanford Stadium, I have never in my life. It, I, and I, I was kind of close to him for a while to where I, I could see the people looking at him and watching him and talking to him and all this stuff. And and so I was kind of like walking in his shoes by being that close to him, and it was incredible. And the, the celebrities of, of that stature who are that well-known and have done something very, very good like he just did at that point when winning the World Series, it's a whole different world that most of us have no conception of. It's crazy of how it is, and most of the times they're going to act good to us. Sometimes they may not, but they're human like we all are, and we got to remember that sometimes. Thanks for your stories. That was really great. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show.